Introducing the Poet Life Podcast. Go check it out today on your favorite platforms, including iTunes, Apple Music, and the website, thepoetlife.com. Find a way. Find a way. Hey, 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 this is Christoph Wrights, and it's the Poet Life Podcast. Man, listen, I'm super excited about our guest tonight. Mr. Brandon Leak, you all don't understand who this gentleman is right now. Obviously, you know he's in the poetry industry, uh, the poetry community. But listen, what I'm trying to tell you tomorrow, what's going to happen tomorrow? Right now, it is June 29th, Monday night. But on tomorrow, June 30th, he will be the first spoken word artist to be featured as an audition on AGT, America's Got Talent. Man. Trying to become a household name, man. Trying to become a household name. Listen, look, you're about to become more than a household name. You're you're becoming the person that has broken barriers. That's what I'm excited about because You know, our mission here at the Poet Life Podcast is to uplift the poetry community, yes, but to build the poetry industry. And you are the reason why that is going to happen on tomorrow, because the poetry industry's stock will go up. They're like, oh, so we can go and get spoken word artists now not just singers, dancers, rappers. But let yeah. me jump, let me let you jump in cuz I'm I'm super excited as you could tell. But but no nah, man, um Brandon Lee hailing from Stockton, California, man. Yeah. Um been doing this spoken word poetry thing since really since 2015. I was, you know, messing around with it back in college around 2012, but 2015 was when it like really jumped off for me and really trying to like heavily pursue it. And so yeah, man. Tomorrow is a tomorrow's a big relief, a big, you know, Talk weight off it. the shoulders. Um, been holding on to this information and stuff like that for the past yeah. four months. Four Ain't months. been able to talk to nobody about it. Been able to give subtle hints and things like that, but even had to keep those on tuck because you sign contracts and whatnot. Um, yeah. But nah, man. The I hope poets are ready for tomorrow, man. Because as you said, it's not just a win for me. Um, I hope people are ready to start upping their prices. I hope, Ooh, people are, I hope people are ready to start writing um, contracts to where when people reach out to book them, be like, hey, yo, here's the contract and here's Come the minimum on. that I'll take to be paid. Come on. Um, as opposed to just being like, oh, what are you offering? You know what I mean? Like, I want to, as you said, elevate the game, take it to a new plateau. Right. Yo, so uh, before we before we go into that, let's let's start at the beginning, man. You said 2015 is where you really started to say, "Hey, let me transition from just writing poetry, you know, college to let's 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 see if we can make this a career." Yep. Right. So when did you start? When did you start writing? So writing started for me really in middle school when girls were cute. 
Ah, um, yes. But my first artistic medium was actually drawing. Um, I, mm. I'm still a huge Dragon Ball Z head. And so I would walk up to the Maya Angelou library, not too far from my crib. And I would go get these manga comics and then I'd buy trace paper and I would just trace the characters all the time. Got it. And then as time went on, I started drawing my own characters and then I started writing the stories behind the characters. Okay. And then I stopped caring about the drawings as much and started caring more about the backstory to the characters. Mm. And that was like the introduction to writing for fun because school never gives you an opportunity to write for fun. It's always graded, always has to be formatted a particular way. Right. There's no freedom there. Um, but for me, I found freedom in my writing at home. And then when, you know, I was a big R&B fan, listened to, you know, 112, Boys to Men, all these 90s groups, yeah. um, you know, simping in my bedroom, imagining getting married to some of these songs and all that jazz. Right. And so I would write all this like sappy love poetry in high school. And inevitably what ended up happening was I didn't share any of it just because I was a hooper and in being a hooper, um, yeah, it just, you know, back in the 90s, 2000, early to early and late 2000s, nuance was not a word we did well. Right. Um, right. <laughs> so uh, the idea of like, if I was spitting bars, folks would be like, oh, he rapping and he hooped? That's right, dope. right. But uh, oh, you write poetry? You right. soft, right? Yeah, and, right. And being soft was nothing you could be when you was on the court, so. Yeah, yeah. And back in, back in the day, basketball was everything. Ball is life. What? He made a whole brand on it. I'm telling you, <laughs> basketball was if you didn't make if you didn't make the team, you just just go to class and go home. You know what I mean? <laughs> he was like, hey oh man, that's cool. I'm a I'm a track dude anyway. You feel me? I'll just be running. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So and then came college, correct? Then came college, man. Okay. And I, I kept hooping. I played Division II basketball at a private Christian school called Simpson University. Okay. And um, I still put poetry on Tuck. And through some divine intervention, like I won't go into huge detail, but like essentially an answered prayer of $9,500 showing up into my account over the course of three days um, brought me back to college or else I would have never been able to go back. Wow. Um, I started dedicating more of my time to God yeah. and I realized that basketball just wasn't it for me. And so I, I finished the season, quit, and then- Well, let me like, jump in there real quick. Let me ask you, with the basketball thing, was it because you knew that you weren't going to the NBA and you're, you're ambitious to the level of like, all right, if I'm not- Going to the NBA, let me just go, you know, am I stopping now because of that? Or why did you stop playing basketball? Man, to be honest with you, like, I'm the type of person who I don't care if I lose, if I know I, if I know the reason why I lost. You know what I okay. mean? Like, okay. if somebody was just better than me. Um, but, like, my first year there, I didn't get a lot of playing time because I was a walk-on to the squad. And so they had people who they had on scholarship who they was paying and they're like, yo, we got to kind of play these people, but you're good. So we're going to definitely put you on scholarship next year. Right. That coach leaves. Then a new coach comes in and brings mm -hmm. his two kids. Um, and I play the same position as one of his kids. 
Um, and, then not, and then not only that, but one of my really good friends who I was already competing with for a, with, with for a spot, um, he was on the team. And so I was like, all right. Um, and like, I, I gave my entire existence to hoop and to mm -hmm. just not see the benefits or the rewards of what I was grinding for really disheartened me. And it, it made me question like, yo, Brandon, as you said, like, what are you working for? Is basketball the legacy that you want to leave behind? Right. Or is there something more for you? Um, and I began to examine it because it's like, yo, man, like, I, I, I did research. I'm like, how much do European players make? Like, not like top level European players, like yep. average European players. Right. Um, and how long do they play? How long do they play? Do they get traded often? Because once you're on a team, you're essentially an asset that could be moved at any point at any time. And that's you could be you could be comfortable in the city, and then next thing you know, oh yo, fam, like we appreciate you, but uh, I know you're here in Milan, Italy, but we sent you over to Russia because they were going to pay you more. No, you can play one game, and then they say, no, this is not working out. You feel me? I have a family member. Yes, I I completely know. Yes. So it's so like dealing with that as well. I was just like, man, is this worth it? Um, and then like something that a lot of people don't think about in order to get drafted, you have to be in the top 60 in the world, right? Like top 60 in the world, in the world, Craig. And I'm like, that is crazy. Right. Um, it's not like football because football is not played everywhere. Yeah. You know what I mean, like, Football, you get it in Canada and the U.S. and then in yeah. some parts of Europe. I'm like, but they also have like 300, 400 people who get drafted a year. Yeah. You have 60 spots for a game that's played in the slums of South South America to the most pristine areas of Africa. You know what I mean? Like, right. it's played everywhere. Or, or the D-League. You know what I mean? And it's like, and you look at D-League players – the same story goes. D League players, I think the highest paid D League player is getting like like six hundred thousand a year, like six hundred thousand for their contract, which is like a couple of years. And they can still be traded, still be moved. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like imagine imagine being drafted to the Warriors as a point guard and knowing that you'll never get a shot at the NBA because you're right you're right behind Steph Curry. Sheesh. You know what I mean? You're near like, this is my yeah. destiny. Yeah. But um but nah, so um, once I left Hoop, I prayed and I was like, yo, God, like what you got for me? Right. Because I got this excess of time because I, I was in the I was in the gym all the time. What am I doing with this? Um, and uh, I got this vision for Call to Move, an artistry collective full of all the misfits on campus who just didn't really have a place to go, didn't have anything mm -hmm. to do, didn't have a place to call home. And so... Um, so yeah, we we hosted our first open mic back in like 2012, had like 15 of us show up and like pretty much all of us were performers. Um, and then we continued to do a monthly and it grew and it grew and it grew. And our final one, my senior year, we had about 300 people show up. Wow. And I was like, yes, this is it, you know? Um, and then that was 2014. Had a whole lot happen in 2014, personal stuff, took a year off art completely, mm. and then 2015 came back. And that's when I went to my first National Poetry Slam in Oakland with Sacramento Slam team competing. And that's when the dream started. So you came back with a vengeance. 
Fam, I tried. I'd even technically I didn't even make the Sacramento team. I went to one slam. Uh, I became an alternate for the team, and a dude who was actually on the team never showed up to any of the practices. And they're like, guess what, Brandon? You're not an alternate anymore. And I was a part of every single team piece that season. So like I was like grinding, memorizing, trying to get the whole thing done. And so uh, I was like, yo, I'm not missing a chance to be on stage. Wow. Wow. So that was that was that was your in. That was your way in. Yeah, a long road from sappy love poems to sharing my expression of faith to being able to share my healing and pain of life and hope. So was that your wait, was that a, you said that was a slam? Yep. Was that your first slam? It was my first ever slam. I Whoa. took second place. Whoa. Wow. So that was an individual slam or or a collective, a, a group slam? So the slam to make the team was an individual one, but Got when it. you go to National Poetry Slam, it's like a you're you're on a team. So like gotcha. you have to like pull on each other's like strengths and weaknesses to be able to win matches. And Got it. Uh, none of us had that much experience in it, so we didn't do super well. But Got it. <laughs> it's like a track meet. You have the individual races and then you also have like the the, all the all the points come together i guess some something like that yeah yeah okay cool cool got you okay so wow that's uh that's some huge confidence man to take off a year but prior to that you weren't writing slam poetry not at all not at all i uh i was just i was the type of i was the type of poet at the beginning of my time that didn't respect poetry i just loved it and there's a difference between the two, right? Because um, I loved it because I loved the fact that it gave me a voice. I was able to mm-hmm. share my emotions, my feelings. Um, in 2017, I really started to respect it, meaning that I studied it, I looked at it, mm-hmm. and I examined other people's strengths and weaknesses and figured out what my strengths and weaknesses were. And there's two schools of thought. You either are the, you're you're either in the school of thought where it's like, yo. I want to only focus on my strengths and build on those. Right. In the school of thought that like I'm going to turn those weaknesses into strengths and improve my holistic person. Got and it. I'm in that second lane where I'm like, yo, I'm not necessarily like the best wordsmith. How do I improve on that? Study battle rap. They're super great at being able mm. to piece, piece metaphors, hard hitting punchlines, double entendres. Do that. Right now, I'm actually experimenting with writing like Saul Williams and Talam Acey because I'm like, yo, these are people who take you on a full journey that you can get caught up in and then they'll snatch you back. And in kind, I'm also studying Dave Chappelle at the same time because he does the same thing with comedy where he'll take you somewhere. Right. And at the beginning of the story, you'll be like, oh, that's where it's going to end. Cool. And then as the story's going, you completely forgot he told you what the end was going to be. And then he off, he smoothly finesses you an hour later, and you're looking like, how do we get here? Right. Dang, this mofo told me this was going to happen. Yeah. You know, the fact that you brought up comedy just literally lit a light in my head because even poets will say there's no money in poetry, Right. And I, I'm I just I'm just not wired that way. 
right? If if there is money in comedy, I'll stay I'll stay right there with comedy. If there's money in comedy, oh, and another one. If there's money in comedy and public speaking, how is there money in public speaking and there's no money in spoken word or or poetry in general? That. If there's make- money in a one-man set of comedy Thank you. where you just stand there and speak and make people laugh, how is there not money for a one-man set for somebody to go up there and take make you on you an emotional feel- roller coaster? Right. Now, if poets would do what you just said, and because that's the second time I've heard what you just said, you studied battle rap, comedians, um, Black Chakra, he said pretty much the same thing. He studied battle rap and other poets and uh, but poets that are taking it there, right? Um, But if we just would study our craft, but also study something that is similar, performance art, uh, comedy is performance art, I believe yep. comedy is art to me, you know, oh, science to it, right? And because what are they doing? They're telling a story with jokes. A poet is telling a story with poems, you know? And I just believe that if we can get poets like yourself to do what you're doing and believe that's the biggest thing is to believe that it's possible then this poetry industry could flourish man and um i'm just excited to have you on i'm looking behind you tell me what you what what you what what are those lights those words those lit up words that you have in your background yeah man i i love to surround myself with like positive affirmations Um, right so like in my office currently these are five neon lights. The one over here in the corner says dream. Then we have this white one that says believe in yourself. Nice. This middle one is my favorite. I'll save that for last. It says, this one says do what you love. And that one says blessed. And this middle one is the one to live by. Don't quit your daydream. And don't, so don't quit your daydream, not your day job. Your daydream. daydream. And then over here, I have a few others that says, uh, chase your dreams. You got this. Be thankful. Live simply. Be kind. Believe in yourself. Never give up. Use please and thank you. Help others. Cherish family and friends. Do your best. Listen with your heart. Laugh often and love lots. Um, and finally, another one that I try to live by. The will of God will never take you where the grace of God will not protect you. Um, I believe everybody has a calling in their life. And that calling is going to be scary. It's going to come with risk lonely Um, it's gonna be lonely especially in the beginning um and then when it finally hits it's gonna suddenly not be very lonely it's gonna be a whole lot of applause and a whole lot of people who said they always believed in you but you can't get bitter you can't let bitterness come into your heart and tell you be like yo man i don't need these people i never needed them before right because it's it's on it's on you in the moment the victor to be willing to be a not a like not a sore winner to be able to say like you know what mm. i appreciate your support now even though i wanted it before right but but also keep your boundaries because not everybody who claims they for you is for you 
Right. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I mean, as artists, as entrepreneurs, we hear and feel that all the time, especially when you're first getting started uh, or be, even before you start. You're like, man, I have my family, I have my friends, my my fraternity brothers, my sorority sisters. Um, I have a huge network. It's nothing for me to start and to start strong. But when you start and it and it may be that way, like if you if you're starting um, an event planning business, right? And you and you uh, your, your first business. Oh, I'm sorry. Your first event went over well, like everybody came out. They were super excited. And then you're like, oh, man, see, I knew it. And then and you're trying to put on events after events after events. But your friends and family are like, you know, well, I went to the first one. Do you expect me to just keep coming? <laughs> you know, in your head, you're like, yes, that's what that, that was my thought. That was my thought pattern, you know. So uh, and then, you know, your confidence goes down and your self-esteem lowers. And it's like, man, should I just stop? Was this a bad idea? But that's when you're supposed to keep going and push harder. Yeah. And I, and to take off that, actually, I'll jump in a little bit to the whole mm-hmm. AGT thing. Right. Um, I, you go. Yes. Go. Because I tried out for America's Got Talent the first time in 2017. Um, I showed and this is and this is crazy because it was after I tried out for AGT that I, I learned the respect thing about poetry. Right. Mm. Um, because they told me you have 90 seconds. I didn't have a 90 second poem at all. And so first I said, round, So you had 90 seconds to just go and perform. Yes. And it's not in front of like the famous people. It's you, a camera, a talent agent and these other nine people who are trying out with you. And there's thousands of people there. So you got to wait there all day. So like I drove out to the Bay Area, San Jose, um, right near San Francisco for all my people who ain't out here in Cali. Um, and what I did was um, in talking to them, like well, not in talking to them, in going out there, I did not have a 90 second poem. I showed up there and said, yo, I'm going to do a poem that I know I have in right. my head. And if they like it, they'll probably let me finish it. If they don't, or if they just really strict to the 90 seconds, then they'll cut me off, right? So I show up confident, thinking I'm about to do well, make the show, um, go up, get called up. I'm on my third or fourth, and uh, <laughs> I'm doing my poem. That 90 seconds hit, they're like, thank you. Next, call up like- somebody else. And I'm like, all right, cool. I think I did pretty all right. Um, and then uh crazy part is, and I just remember this not too long ago, um, when my group got finished up, um, they tell you, they're like, hey, if we're interested, we'll send you an email. If we're not, then try out next year and we'd love to see you again, right? And everybody's leaving and they actually tell one of the people in my group, they're like, hey, um, hold on, we needed to talk to you a little bit real quick. And I was like, okay, cool. Maybe they like, you know, something went wrong with the paperwork or something like that. Right. Um, and remember I said that I leave accidentally left my phone. I came back, had to grab my phone. It was a whole issue. And I leave and I'm like, yo, 
I'm just going to check my email once a week and see if I can get something. One week goes by, two weeks, a month, two months. And I'm like, man, maybe I gave the wrong email because I'm, I'm, I typo all the time. Right. And then I end up seeing a commercial for the show pop up and I'm like, oh, no, I just, I just didn't make the show. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that's a blow to the ego. Um, and it's right after this that I, I take the time to learn how to become a better poet. And I write my best body of work I ever written entitled Deficiencies of Tell from My Dark Side. And I go on tour 150 shows in 10 months traveled around the world, went to New Zealand, Canada, you, Mexico. Before you jump in that, into the tour, hold on one second. What group were you in? What group did they put you in at the show? In oh, 20, at, in 2017. At, in 2017, they threw me with a bunch of singers because I was the only poet who showed up. There you go. That's what I was trying to get to. Okay. All right. So, so how did that how, how did that feel? Oh, being around a bunch of singers? But not um, not having your own group, man. Not having my own group. Well, to be honest, yeah, okay. To be honest with you, it felt normal because being a poet at that time for me, I had done so many shows where I was the only poet in the room, mm. um, and people always knock it. Like people always like, "Oh, you do poetry? Oh, that's cool." <laughs> and then they hear it, and then they're like, "Bruh." Mm. Um, because it's way different than their roses are red, violets are blue, sugar is sweet. Will you be my boo type of poetry that they used right. to? Um, and so, um, not having my own category didn't bug me. What bugged me was, um, I guess what really bugged me was just myself not being prepared. Mm. Like, but once again, everything's a, everything comes in time. Right. It's it's a timing thing. Yeah. Because 2017 Brandon would have wouldn't have been prepared for that moment the way mm. 20, 2020 Brandon is. Right. You weren't supposed that. to have it then. I'm telling you, because I went on tour, traveled around the world. I got merchandise, books, an album. Figured out marketing, how to get how to sell myself to the world how to make money off of my art to the world outside of just charging venues, figured out how to put on workshops, classes, collaborate with you guys over at Poet Life Academy. Um, a whole lot of stuff happened between 2017 and 2020. And the startling resemblance between 2017 and 2020 though was phenomenal because in 2017, I got married and I said, hey, I'm taking a break from doing poetry, traveling, so that way I can focus on my marriage for the first year. And in 2019, when I tried out for AGT, I knew, well, no, 2020 technically. 2020, when I tried out for AGT, I said, I'm going to step back from doing poetry to focus on family because I'm having a daughter. And the parallel between that and the lesson learned from three years, I go back to AGT, try out, and I have my 90-second poem. Memorized, rehearsed, practiced ran through multiple drafts, edited, took time to craft this thing, to be prepared. Um, and when I walked into that room, I knew what not only to expect, but also I was able to, like, I knew what to look for. Cause I was like, yo, I don't care about these other acts. 
These other acts don't dictate if I make it. What dictates if I make it is that judge. And right. if I can get that judge, then I've won. And so. How many people did you tell in 2017 that you auditioned for AGT? Oh, I blasted that thing on Facebook, social media. Okay. I, I was a dude who was trying to like be in front of the cameras because like that whole camera crew. I ended up on the newspaper in the in the Bay Area. Okay. Um, the whole nine. When I went in 2020, didn't look for nobody. Didn't tell nobody except for some close friends that I was going out there. I went out there focused on a mission to try and get to try and make the show. So, um, how, but how was the response to you not making it making it oh uh yo man like they just don't like poetry out there bro you know what i mean like like it's like poetry is just not for that type of venue it's not for that type of show dog like mm. don't be um and for me i'm like i don't think y'all get it you don't get it poetry is for that type of venue it is for that type of show <laughs> it's america's got talent Poetry is a talent. Right. It's a skill. Right. And if we don't, I'm like, if a singer can step up there, if a, if a comedian can step up there, all they do is share words. Why can't I go up there and share words? Um, I'm That's like, good. and people will say like, well, the singer, the singer evokes emotion with music as well. And I'm like, I can do that. I just don't need the music. A comedian goes up there and makes you laugh with their words. I can make you laugh. I just will also make you feel something else with it, which is what a good comedian should do with you anyway. Mm. So I'm like, it's a, it's a lot that went into it, man. And uh, actually, I guess I can say this too. So like in 2017, I told you guys how that whole thing went down. 2020, I'm in a group again. And it's me and one other poet and eight singers. Um, and I'm the last person in my group who gets the chance to go up. And I told you, I didn't pay attention at all to the to the. I'm going to cut it. I'm going to cut it again. When the when you saw that there was another poet, did you all have like a moment? Did you all have like. We're, oh, yeah, most certainly, because like, okay, she was like a right. young 16 year old girl. She was there with her mom. And so I talked to her and her mom and she was like, where she's so nervous, like she doesn't know what, like what to do. And I was like, yo, trust me. Wow. I tried out for this show three years ago. It was my first time ever. It's not scary at all. Just treat it as if you're doing a performance for a small venue and that's wow. it. And she was like, huh. yeah, I think the most people I've ever performed in front of was like 40 people before. I was like, it's just you and 10 other people in a room. I'm like, treat it like that. That camera doesn't even exist. And she was like, oh. so I don't have to look at it? I'm like, no, look around, embrace the audience. Like, that's what you do anyway, right? And she was like, yeah. I was like, treat this as any other show. Wow. Um, and so that was dope. But when everybody was performing, I didn't pay attention to them. I looked at yeah. the judge. And I looked at I looked at the judge because I was like, "Yo, are they gap? Are they capturing his attention? Are they captivating him?" And they weren't. He would be texting or 
like, you know, shooting out emails, shuffling through papers, never fully invested in what they were doing. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I got 10 seconds to get this man's attention. And if I don't, then I'm going back home after a long drive to LA, six and a half hours. Yeah. You better damn well make this worth it, Brandon. Right. Put your best up here on this stage in front of this microphone. And I, and, and this is once again, the respect to preparedness. I knew how long my piece was and I knew how long getting to certain checkpoints in the poem were. Mm. So I told myself, you have 10 seconds to grab his attention. You're going to check at 15 seconds because you have a 15 second marker. I hit my 15 second marker. Tell me about that. Tell me about that breakdown, the markers and the, tell me about that. Yeah, no. So for myself, in terms of just getting better with poetry, I was like, in terms of like slamming, I was like, man, you have to know how long your poem is. And if you start dropping a portion of the poem, you have to have markers where you know where you can get back to. Because a a beautiful ability I have is to freestyle. So if I drop a piece, I can freestyle and then get myself up to a point where I'm like, oh, I know the next marker. Boom. Get me there. Just through the cadence of where the poem leads me. And so I was like, hey, that's the same thing you're going to do consistently, even if you ain't slamming. Because when people start paying you dollars to go up here right. and do poems, right. you have, there's no fumbling, there's no dropping pieces, especially since people don't know your poems anyway. Right. So if they don't know it and you drop it, you treat it as if you didn't drop it. You just give it an alternate version of the poem anyway. Um, and so, yeah, man, like it, it, uh, I hit my 15 second marker and I looked up at the judge cause I was looking at the crowd. I was looking at the camera. I was looking at the person behind the camera. And then I finally looked at the judge and I saw him there like looking at me, not shuffling through papers, not looking at the phone. And I was like, got him. You just before can't I, lose the poem. Before I, thank you. I'm glad you said that because before I lose this, um, so those markers, right? And mm-hmm. knowing where to catch back up or insert freestyle or insert words that will help you get back to where you were. Um, so that is something poets need, need to also learn. Oh, most certainly. Not, and- just, not just your poem. I got some I got some game to kick at the end of this whole thing on some skill sets, both on a professional level yeah. and on like a like a poetry level. Um, professional, I mean like the business back end of stuff, but poetry level, like having markers, um, mm. having um, like having markers throughout the course of your poem, having keywords to be able to lead you into the next stanza if you do stanza type poetry, um, like. Uh, developing cadence for a particular poem. So that way, if you like stride off cadence, you can get yourself back into the rhythm through it. So there's a lot of things that you can do for the sake of being able to be fully prepared. Cause like, if you showed up to a concert and you saw, for instance, like say J. Cole. Got it. And they, and J. Cole like messed up his rap during the middle of the song, right? And like he did that for every song, you would be pissed off that you paid good money. 
right. to go see J. Cole do that, right? Or same thing with like a comedian who drops half they jokes. You'd be like, this guy right. professional. Right. This lady ain't professional. Yeah. Um, and we have to treat it the same, especially since we're still trying to gain, garner that respect. Yes. Like it's a like being a poet in the in this entertainment industry is like a, what my mama used to always tell me, boy, you black. You got to be twice as good to get half as much. So you better step mm. your game up. Wow. And uh, yeah, man, because they don't respect us yet. They'll have us write their songs, write their commercials. Right. right. Um, and script their movies. Wow. All right. So you so you got him. You got the what the manager or the talent agent? Talent agent. So I got okay. the talent agent's attention, snagged it, finished the piece flawlessly, and then what happens is, um, I finish up and I'm the last person in the group, and he he tells everybody, "Hey guys, so um, thank you for coming out. We appreciate." How did you know you got him? Well, no, no. I knew I got his attention because he paid attention to me the whole rest of the way. Uh, um, and then he says, hey, guys, if we're interested, we'll, in, we'll email you. If not, then please try it again next year. And I say, all right, thank you, guys. And he actually says, hey, hold up, Brandon. We wanted to talk to you. And like I said, in 2017, that happened with another person in my group. Mm-hmm. And when that happened, I knew I was like, I know what this is. I know what this is. Okay beautiful and then he asked me he's like so what else do you write about do you just write about this or do you have more topics and i'm like i got crap tons of poems he's like let me hear one i'm like it's not 90 seconds he's like oh we got plenty of time just give me one that felt good and so i was like give him a poem he's like can you give me another one and i was like yeah gave him a poem he's like so but what bag do you go in what 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 he wanted different genres Ah. so i was trying to give him a different feel of like the holistic feel of what i provide gotcha and uh at the end of it all i ended up doing like the initial poem plus three more and he looked at me and he said hmm well if we're interested then you'll be hearing from us soon so that's another thing that's another thing you You keep bringing up pockets oh man you gotta have you got you gotta have artillery. You gotta have bullets in the gun. Cause cause and this is one of those things where once again the respect of the art form kicked in. I didn't have to whip out my phone. I didn't like like I didn't have to read nothing to nobody. I I respected the craft enough to have enough memorized up here to where I was like, yo, if necessary, I can kick another poem. If I don't feel good about this, I can spit another piece. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, like it's it was beautiful. Not just another poem, but another poem of a different genre. Of a different genre. And so having those type, having deep pockets, is beautiful to have because it gives you the flexibility to be able to respond to a crowd. Some, some game that a mentor of mine gave me, he was like, Brandon, you're phenomenal at educating people. He's like, you're an educator by nature. That's why you're a teacher. Sometimes you're a crappy entertainer, bro. And I was like, what? And he was like, dog, 
we are entertainers and educators. You have to entertain these people. So you gotta give them something. You have to give them some levity in the midst of your set. If your set is just dour and sad and angry the whole time, folks ain't gonna wanna watch that all the time. Oh my God. Folks ain't gonna wanna watch you for fit for a whole hour be depressed. He's like, folks need some breaks. And you, and he's like, and that's not even reflective of you, Brandon. You have a joyous life. You have more faith. You have more factors to you than just your pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's good. You and you just can't have thirty black, 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 black poems. We need them, yes, for the movement, and, and we need them. But that can't be all you do. No. You know, eh, or, you gotta or, be more than that, or just for the ladies, or just for the whatever. You gotta be, you gotta be wide open with it, man. And and but you just said something as well. You said your who was that? You said your friend, a mentor of mine. Your he mentor prefers to remain anonymous, but okay. Now, general mentor or poetry poetic mentor. mentor. Got it. Poetic mentor, right? So you respect him enough and he knows that you do. Um, and you're humble enough to receive that he just told you that you're a crappy performer. Oh, or yeah. sometimes. Yeah, he because and I went and watched one of his sets and like a form of poetry that I'll probably never really get into is erotic poetry. You know what I mean? Like that's what happens in my bedroom between me and my wife <laughs> don't nobody else need to know about right um but like he had this really funny erotic poem and but that's his personality i was like dang that's what he meant by that okay mm. so that inspired me to write a poem about game night at my house and how competitive it gets and it's just a funny poem and like you would never know it was about game night until I finally break the layer of ice. I bring, I build up this really beautiful tension in the poem. It's phenomenal. Um, it's like the only good funny poem I wrote, but um, here's game number one I'll kick to you. Um, for all of our listeners out there, when you start writing a new genre of poetry that you're not used to, be prepared to suck at it in the beginning <sighs> and be okay with sucking at it. Ooh, that I have like I have like that 30 hurt. crappy funny poems that I wrote. And people would be like, yo, you got writer's block? And I'm like, no. I'm just not writing well. There's a lot of people that can't get past that stage. And you got to. You there's have a lot to of push people, past it. Look, there's a lot of people that want to grow, grow out their beards, but can't get past, past the patchy stage. <laughs> Damn, I'm telling you and you gotta be patient with it like you weren't a good poet about your pain in the beginning either <laughs> you grew into that you're just mad because your your funny or joyous or love poem isn't as good as your painful poems because you've been spending 10 years building those painful poems to be good no it's gonna take time and my funny poem is nowhere near as good as any of my painful poems. And that's my top funny poem. I love that poem. 
and you didn't know you and you didn't know that you were bad with your painful poems because you thought the reactions were that your poem was great, but it was more so almost like, oh man, mama's pat so, on the back. That's so painful. I feel sorry for. Him. You know what I mean? Like you got people rooting for you early on just because you're sharing something. Like the, in, the, the church, the church, uh, oh baby, so you, you feel me? Song. Like so, you, you went up there and shared your little soul out, man. I'm so happy for you. And it's and it's okay to be in that phase again. It's right. humbling and it's beautiful to learn in such a way to be able to say like, yo, man, I suck at this. What can I learn? Instead of being like, man, I suck at this. I'm done. I'm done. No, look at it as an opportunity to grow, to expand. Mm. Because as an artist, art, the people say that art is supposed to reflect the times, right? But it's not just supposed to reflect the times, it's supposed to reflect the times from the perspective of the particular artists themselves, right? Like, right. during COVID, my art has been joyous. Mm. And that's because my daughter was born two weeks before the gut, before the state shut down. So I've been home every single day with my daughter for four months. She turned four months old today. Today. Today she turned four months old. And I ain't missed a beat. I've seen her try to crawl. I've seen her learn how to actually like stand herself up and wiggle like this while right, I'm holding her right. hips. Like right. I've seen her learn how to start like like not like talking words, but babbling and right. blowing bubbles and like being cognizant of the world, being able to smile, laugh, all this stuff that I would have missed if mm. I would have just been going back to work. And I'm like, yo, when the world is in its craziest time, I've had peace at home. So my poems are going to be reflecting mm -hmm. peace amongst chaos. Not and only so, peace, but preparation. That's a good. That's a good segue. So, so with because you auditioned when in twenty nineteen, right? So my first audition was in twenty nineteen, and like I think it was uh, November, December. Right. Okay. And then, uh, like the audition that you guys are gonna see on television mm. tomorrow was done in March. Got it. So there's a there's an audition before the audition yep. that we see. Oh yeah, the one that the one that I did the first time in 2017 and the first one I did in 2019 leading into 2020. Um, yeah, that's when thousands of people show up. That's Got when, it. That's the weeding out process. That's when you get all the crappy people who think that they're really good in their hometown who show up. And they realize, oh, like there's really talented people in the world. The right. same idea of like the basketball thing, where it's yeah. like, yo, like I'm dope in my hometown, but only 60 people get drafted a year. Yeah. Of the yeah. whole world. Like people think that America's got talent is only American people. No. When I tried out, I met people from Brazil, I met people from Paraguay, I met somebody who came all the way from China, didn't even speak English but came with a piano. Like they bought a piano in California that they're not gonna take home with them. So that way they could play it 
at America's Got Talent. I'm like, so if you think you're going to show up here like I did in 2017 with this hacked poem and just be like, oh, cool. Because because those those people that you just mentioned, they one, they didn't have the money. They their their family, their friends, their church, they they've scrounged up money and say, This is your flight, this is your hotel, here's the money for the piano. Now go make it happen. There's so much desperation. And do it for all of us. So much desperation. Like it's this or bust. It's like literally, literally. Like um, a, I met a group who came from uh, the Ukraine. It's like 12 of them. You know how much 12 flights cost? You know how much a hotel for 12 people runs or an Airbnb or how uncomfortable it is to rent a whole Airbnb and then you guys got to like split beds, sleep on floors, couches. Yeah. You got to eat inexpensive you and, and all, we see, all we see is the audition and the the what three minute audition. You feel me? And they came to LA and then LA broke. Like people think, oh, you're in LA, that must be so fun. LA ain't fun if you broke. You out there watching all these people, like ain't able to go have no fun. Don't ain't ain't no Disneyland for you in LA if you broke. You came no, there for a reason. You feel me? You came for a purpose. And it's like, yo, I came here broke. I'm not leaving broke. I'm not leaving broke. And so that's the second piece of game out there, folks. Fam, you got to have a hunger to you. And this is something that, like, I love Eric Thomas, Dr. Yeah. Eric Thomas. Right. He preaches this. Yo, fam, like, people can have, you can acquire the skill. You can acquire the knowledge. But you can't acquire the drive to apply it. That, that it's got to be here. Mm. It's got to be here. And if you're not hungry, show up to LA and say, show up to LA and go to a diner and ask the waitress what they do. The waiter or waitress will probably tell you, oh, I'm an actor. I'm an actor. I'm an actress. I'm an I do music. I'm just here. I'm just doing this job because, you know, I got, I got bills to pay. Yeah. They were hungry. And if you think you're going to show up just because you talented and walk into a room where more than likely somebody who already knew somebody showed up and you're trying to compete with just pure talent, you got to have a drive behind you, mm -hmm. especially if you ain't got the connections. I'm from a small city. Like Stockton is not known for artistry or anything like that. So I don't have connections with people. When I go to LA to go do a gig, I'm the unknown guy in the room. I have a point to prove. And if I don't prove my point, I don't get booked again. Mm. So I have to have a hunger to outperform everybody in the venue because it's like, yo, you guys get to schmooze and connect and do all this stuff that I don't get to do. Yeah. So I have this moment right here. I have these five minutes. In this instance, I have this 90 seconds to show you. know you. what? I, I think I think so many um so many poets also miss that that is our superpower. 
the fact the fact that there were only two po uh, poets, yourself and that sixteen year old girl, that's a superpower. Like that, Easy. that makes you stand out if you're prepared. Easy, right? Guess, you know, what also as a superpower about this too, being a poet who's going to go up there. I get to share my story. Mm. Like the only thing that people get to bite on to these other acts is the little previews that they give you beforehand. You not only get that from me, but you learn about me from the work I put on stage. Mm. Tell me about the whole uh, uh, documentary short uh, that they do on you when, when it's your turn. How, how did that play out? Oh man. Did you do some acting? No acting, really. Right. You know, they just do the B-roll stuff that you always have to do for shows, walking around, pacing. This stuff happens like hours beforehand. Um, but, but the people don't understand the labor that goes into it. I'm talking about like I showed up to start filming for my episode that's airing tomorrow at 8 a.m. I didn't see judges until 5 p.m. Mm. Like interviews, sitting down patiently, waiting your turn, them asking you crap tons of questions and being like, oh yeah. So like we interviewed, interviewed you for like two hours. Sweet. How much is this you gonna use? Probably about like two minutes. Yep. And it's like, why? They're like, well, we just need it. We need, the most, we we need the most meaningful stuff that you said. And it's like, and we don't know what we're going to use until a week before. Wow. And it's like. And that was in March. That was in March. That was in March. And it's June right now. You feel it's about to be July in, a, in two days. And so. Um, but yeah, man. So like, I'm just looking forward to it. I'm finally in a place where I can enjoy the fruit of this labor and. Like tomorrow, 8 p.m., I can finally just let loose. I can finally let the, like the, the whole buildup of all of this go. And, wow. um, you know, I've had people who told, who told me, like, yo, man, like, like, depending on how you did, this can change your life, bro. And I'm like, I knew that when I walked into the room. But it's not, that's the thing. It's not even depending on how you do. The fact that you made it to the show this time gives you leverage to network on another level. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Even I'm if like, it's just this one episode. Easily, easily. Like, and you, and we're, like now it's just like, you know, because when you're uh, requested for a gig, or you know um, a project or, or a contract, and, and they say, "All right, can can you send us a bio or uh, a clip of one of your performances?" Oh, you know, I was AGT twenty uh, twenty. Oh, yeah, we can't pay you that fifty dollars. We gotta we we gotta take that. We gotta put you on the main stage of the flyer now. Oh you know what I mean? man, because they gotta put. AGT, America's Got Talent, Brandon Lee. Forever. 
forever now. Forever. Season, what season is this? Season 15. That's that's like having uh, MD behind your name now. Like, you know what I mean? You you now have a suffix to your name. You feel me? And here's another thing. And here's some more game I'll kick to folks. About being prepared on a business end. 2017, Brandon, would have never been prepared on a yeah, business. Yeah, there you go. Jump in. Yeah, tell me more. Never been prepared. Like, like I got merch dropping. Like, I have clothing. Look at the jacket. Look at the I, jacket. You know what I mean? Like, I have clothing prepared. Like, people don't even know. Like, all these boxes over here, that's all ready to go get printed on. Unique merchandise that people can purchase by becoming patrons on my actual website. Yeah. Um, and continuing to support monthly. I'm gonna be sending that stuff to them, not technically for free, because they pay for it by being a patron, but they're the only ones who get it. I'm mm. like thinking like a CEO now, where it's like, hey, yo. Yes. Could I put a lyric of a poem on the back of a t-shirt and then sell it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Um, or, yo, do I have, I didn't even have a website in 2017. What's your I mean, website? My website is www.calledtomovectm.org. And so I'm like, now, whenever somebody Googles me, the first thing that pops up isn't some news article, isn't somebody's you know featured set about Brandon or whatever. Um, it's my website, my content. You will find it, you will see me, and you'll see intentionally what I want folks to see. Calledtomovectm.org? So, yep. So, so yes, as you guys are growing, continue to see how you can build yourself mentally as a business person, because it's not just even, it's not even just the merchandise. How are you going to market yourself? Mm. Do you understand, like, do you understand how the more gigs that you've done, it builds a catalog for you to be able to demand more financially? Um, Do you understand at certain stages? are worth the ability to do for free. Like I did a show opening up for Lecrae, like a very large Christian artist. They couldn't offer me anything because he was like, cause they paid him right. all the money they had, but they had 10,000 people in the room and gave me a free merchandise booth. I've never sold more merch than when I sold that night opening up for that man. If I only sold to 10% of the audience, that was a thousand people. I wow. charged $10 an album. Do the math. Right. It's $10,000 if I sold to 10% of the room. So you literally did not just go and get on a show and perform your poem and say, I'm going to be on the show and I perform the poem. When you got on the show, you made sure that you were prepared on the back end with website social media tell me about what you had to do for your social media man you uh oh social media was a beast to try and get prepared for this man um you have to focus on what you want people to, you have to focus on what you want people to know at us brand because inevitably becoming an artist means that you become a brand in a sense and that can feel dehumanizing in a big way 
where it's mm-hmm. like, man, like I'm more nuanced than this because people are going to throw you in a pocket. They are. Yeah. That's just people are. That's a natural thing that people do to try and make things easier on themselves. And so I was like, yo, I'm not going to put anything on social media that's off brand, meaning like. And t- usually I don't do anything that's off brand because my art is just reflective of who I am as a person. Right. But for instance, I'll give an example. Uh, an artist, an, not an artist friend, an artist who I know, who goes out, speaks at middle schools, grade schools, mm-hmm. like inspirational, motivational speaker, on their social media ended up posting like a video of them like twerking in the club, holding bottles and stuff like that. And I'm like, I'm not even knocking your hustle. Like that's like if that's how you have fun, do that. But you posted this on a social media site that you also asked those kids to follow you at. That's a problem. Yeah. And now she lost gigs because parents saw it. People saw that. And now it's like. Yeah. So be considered about what you put on there and the opinions that you share. Have a private social media account that you share, like all the private stuff that you want to have. I do. Like, I don't yeah. need everybody knowing everything about me. But the branding that I put up for the world to see. That right. is the family man and the artist. But you don't even see all the family man stuff. Like, right. you don't need to know everything that's going on in my crib. You yeah. need to know what I want you to see. Exactly. Um, and so, so that, and then the other part about social media is getting prepared. Because, man, I stopped uploading videos on YouTube about two months ago. Uh, about three months ago, knowing that AGT was going to be happening. And I'm like, I'm still recording. Right. I just need a storehouse of footage so that way mm-hmm. I could be prepared right. to release weekly videos for the next year. Because you know the this. flood of, of supporters and people are coming. The eyes are coming. And if, I, and if I'm the one who slacks on content, even one week, it's where I don't got something... Now, all of a sudden, my algorithm messed up. People are like, yo, like, oh, Brandon Lee video didn't drop. What happened? Mm. Nope. That's not going to happen. I got four months worth of content right now. Beautiful. Four months. And people people won't know it. They'll, it'll just look new. Yeah, exactly. Um, And so it's a, <laughs> it's a lot of prep. It's a lot of prep to go into yeah. things. Yeah. Um, so is yeah. it actually good? that the recording was in March because that gives you time. Oh yeah. To prepare. As frustrating as it was to have to hold on to this secret, it was the most beautiful thing that I could have had because um if I didn't I wouldn't have been prepared. Right. It would have just been a vapor. That would have just happened and probably right. went. Um but no I'm I'm ready on the business end. I'm Do ready. You- I got I got a tour I'm planning out for as soon as this COVID thing goes over. Because people are like, yo, man, like, are we ever going to get back to shows? I'm like, do you know when this thing is done, how hungry people are going to be for live shows to Mm. be able to be in person, see you, touch you, buy something from you? Right. I'm like, I'm about to capitalize on that like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, easy. Yeah. But, you know, for the poet, don't wait on that. Don't wait on that. Nope. Like, learn how to pivot and learn how to win 
during quarantine. Oh yeah. Don't you, be doing free you, shows. Don't be doing free shows. Guess what? I promise you this. People are looking at like Jay-Z, like they like the John, the versus thing that's happening, right? There are sponsors for verses in which I'm sure people are getting paid on that back end to participate. The one tonight with Jada. Jada Kiss and Jada Fabulous. Kiss and, uh, uh, and Fab. Um, a- uh, Apple, Apple Music hosted that. And you telling me ain't nobody getting paid? Ain't nobody getting paid? I'm like, somebody's making some money off this. So yeah. I do, only reason you do a, an open mic or something like that is if you want to share some new material. Not and, only and that, I'm glad you said that. Not only that, but for you to get into new markets where you don't have to travel to get your name known now. Because you pop into, I'm connected to Nigeria now because our IG, the Poet Life Podcast IG. I make sure, and, and I, I'm not performing, I make sure I'm in open mics commenting and they see me in the comments. Oh, Poet Life Podcast. Oh, I'm in the verses uh, comments, commenting, 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 commenting on purpose. So big names and other people see me. And I purposely named you know, the company, The Poet Life, because there's no guess for what this is, <laughs> right? So when you see the name, it, oh, I need to go check that out. They got a yeah. podcast? That, all in the name, it says what it is, what we do, everything. You know what I mean? So so that's a, that's a, and that's another thing too, you know? So I'm just picking ra- random names and, and, you know, handles. Like have all of your generate handles things with same. purpose. You know, generate make, things with make, purpose. Make sure Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook is all the same. So it's because it's not just the way it looks. Uh, that's one thing. You know, when it's on flyers, you can just put the several different um, social media icons, and and then your one name, not ten different ones, but also. Um, it's easy to find when I if I do a Google search on the poet life, all of those are going to come up. If I look if I look up Brandon Leak and that's what you want because when the flood comes, because they're going to Google you. Yep. Brandon Leak CTM is it's just going to come up. Man, it's not a, it's, it's a, real. Branding is very important. Very important. You have and, to be intentional. And so. That's good. But and I guess this is like, because I got to roll out and go do yeah. the family thing. Yeah. Yeah. But um, here's my pieces of game to poets. Um, understand your value. Good. Um, 2017 Brandon was not as valuable as 2020 Brandon. Mm. If I walked in and demanded $1,000 for a show in 2017, 2020 Brandon would laugh at that right now, right? And it's because did I respect the art form that I was doing? Because me demanding that, if I would have gotten it, 
I may have ruined an opportunity for a poet who came after me, who then was actually respectful of the craft, showed up, and then they were like, yo, this is what I charge. Be like, ah, the last poet who I had didn't really do what they were uh, supposed to do. So, you know what I mean? Like, that's, I'm, I'm good. You know what I mean? Just that. Because you, you are more than just a poet. You are a representative of a culture. Oh, man. You are a representative of a culture. And as we go out to the world and show our art, we have to represent well. We have to represent well. So be a, so make sure that you respect this art form. Respect it. Don't just love it. Mm. Because love fades when things don't go your way. That happens all the time. Learn to respect it and treat it well. On top of that, surround yourself with people who are for you. And what I mean for you is they're for you, both in the sense that they'll support you, but people who are also for you to challenge you because you don't need yes men and yes women in your ear telling you that everything you do is fire. No, you need that friend who's gonna tell you, yo, that poem's trash, B. Wow. That poem is trash. And you know why that poem's trash? Because it's not you. Or you just didn't do a good job writing that thing. It doesn't mean that it's not worth something. Because I have a, people don't even realize this. I have so many poems in my phone. I built an entire poem out of scraps from bad poems. Because there were so many good lines in these bad poems. I was like, oh, I like that line. Oop, like that line too. Oop. And I, I crafted a whole poem off of it. Puzzle piece and poems. You feel me? And so it's like, have people in your corner who are there for the whole you, who are going to help you elevate and grow. And I'll be okay with the fact that some of those people are going to be your quote unquote day one people. Because mm. sometimes day one folks ain't the folks who are going to be with you for the longevity of it. Just going to be honest with it. The people who were there at the beginning of the journey may have been there at the beginning for a reason. And it's okay to let folks go. It's okay. And not like, not, I'm not saying like you and can't be homies no more. Right. But like, as you grow as a brand, as a business, as an artist, there's going to be people who are still going to be open mic people. Wow. And that's cool. It's cool to have open mic friends. But if you're trying to be a professional, you're not an open micer no more. You're not. You can't have an open mic mindset. If somebody pays you money to go do a set, you better not dare show up to that venue and be like, oh, I got this brand new poem I'm doing. Oh, I, can't, oh, I can't take it. Don't, don't be that. Be professional. Even though, it, and it sucks sometimes. Being mm. professional sucks sometimes. But it's what you signed up for. It is. But I promise you this. Here's the beauty on the other side of these things that I'm talking about. The beauty on the other side is a poet who's relatively unknown in the slam scene went out and did 150 shows in 10 months, made over made over $75,000 in merchandise sales. And was his own booking agent. And was my own booking agent. And I, and I bet you didn't even know me until I was getting on the AGT. A poet who's unknown in the slam community and vastly unknown in the poetry community unilaterally is going to be the first poet to get on national television and compete in this way. A poet who's unknown to a vast majority of the world is going to inevitably accumulate 
millions of views on social media websites for the content that he's creating. Behind the scenes, folks don't even know he's creating. That's the power of what we can do. Mm. If you prepare, if you get your mental straight and prepare both as an artist and as a business person. Oh, and last piece of game. If you're not business-minded, go learn about it. Don't look to hire no manager in the beginning. You don't need nobody eating 15% off your plate just because they can talk to people. You're, you, you are great with words. You go and share your soul on the stage every freaking day. Learn how to talk business jargon. Understand what a retainer is. Understand what down payment, under, understand this, this business lingo that you have to understand in order to book gigs. Because I promise you, if you know how to do it in the beginning, when you get big enough that you need a manager, you can tell a manager like, yo, I know what you charge and I know what you're really worth. Because guess what? I've already done this and I can keep doing this. I just don't want to. I just want to be the artist. So here's what it looks like. I'll pay you 10% to book me because we're gonna get a lot of bookings and you're gonna make a lot of money off this. And I'll connect you with other people who you'll also charge 10% for. And I'll help you get more money by having more clients. But if you think you're walking in here and getting 20% off my plate, 25% off my plate, because you think I'm some sucker, I don't need you. Mm. You need me. Mm. Because if I'm not, if these gigs ain't getting booked, it's not going to be because of me. It's because you ain't a part of it. So there's my game. Man, listen, good gracious. That clip right there. <laughs> good gracious man brandon leak thank you so much for coming out to let me ask you something real quick how many followers do you have on instagram right man now? i've been tracking that i've been i have been tracking that super excited uh so on ig as of right now your boy is sitting at 3262 followers right got it my goal by the end of this upcoming by the end of this week next Tuesday, by the end of this which, week so july 7th I need to be at least 15,000. Yep. And that's going to be from hashtags, learn hashtags, y'all. Um, that's going to be from learning hashtags. It's going to be from me intentionally, like, interacting and posting with other, like, interacting with other people on, like, lives and stuff like that. Right. Learn how to manipulate social media to get what you want from social right. media. If you want more of a following, make sure that you have stuff for them to come see. Um so yeah, like I'm I'm about to blow the game up. It's about to be it's about to be a riz at. I love it. I love it. Brandon League, thank you so much for coming to the Poet Life Podcast. This conversation has been uh absolutely amazing. The information from top to bottom was what was needed, not just for the poet, for people, because it can be translated to you know other walks of life and we really appreciate you coming through um it, it's really surreal just knowing that you're here the night before your episode goes live and to see what's going to happen um after that is 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 really exciting so um, I'm gonna just say it again, man. Thank you so much for coming on to the Poet Life Podcast. And you know, we have some uh some 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 work to do, man, and 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 because educating is what we do, you know. So um 
if you don't have anything else, man, you know. Yo, I'll say one last thing. Who would have thought three years ago when we linked up to do all this that we'd be here? Wow. That we would be here. Yeah. God knew. You know what I mean? Done deal. And, uh, and maneuver pieces so that way things would ap- operate in their perfect timing. Listen. If you all didn't know, we had this interview a month ago, and last night when I was preparing to edit this interview, the file was corrupted, and I could have fell under the floor because I knew the magnitude of what it's going to do for Brandon, but what it's going to do for the Poet Life podcast when he does go live on the show and and he and he was just so gracious to say let's do it again you know let's do it again and i believe i th- we both believe that it was supposed to happen that way oh yeah oh yeah and like and to credit you you have you've always been a visionary man three years ago when we when we were building curriculum to teach kids Mm. Um, and you were like, yo, man, this whole brick and mortar things for the birds. You gotta, we gotta start digital platforming. And then a, a virus hits and the whole world has to turn digital. Man, let's get these kids rolling, man. We're going to talk. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to talk for sure. Seriously. Um, look guys, thank you all for checking the poet life podcast out. Uh, you see that we're on Patreon now. Brandon Leak is also on Patreon. What's your Patreon? Uh, is it called to move? Oh, yeah. Uh, it's just Brandon Leak. Uh, if you Google me, it should pop up. It's Smart easy. Man. Simple thing. You'll find Smart me everywhere. Man. That's good. That's good. Same for us. It's Poet Life Podcast on po- uh, Patreon. You can find Brandon Leak. Uh, that's L-E-A-K-E if you're listening and you're not uh, watching it on YouTube. Um, but if you're not watching it on YouTube, you should go to uh, Poet Life TV and and watch us. You can see what I look like. You can see what he looks like. You know, I know everybody loves listening to podcasts, um, but uh, we're, we're everywhere, man. Just do a search on the Poet Life. But again, do a search on Brandon Leak. You won't have to do a search after tomorrow. Um, it, it'll be searching you, you know, uh, his, his clip. His clip, I promise you, is going to be over you know, some, some millions of views. We're going to hit a million. Uh, My goal is to hit a million before the night's done. It's a done deal, man. Cause I know with you being the first poet, they're going to take that angle. Oh, easy. And you know that as well. Easy. The first poet. And, and not only that, but we'll have to do the secondary interview after it yep. airs in like, yep. in like a week or two. Yes, and sir. then we can start talking about, uh, we can talk about what, what happens afterwards in the building process afterwards. Man, and and so listen, this is what connections do. I didn't even, I didn't, I didn't ask for that. This is a whole nother episode, you know. Well, let's get off because uh, love you, dog. About to go highlight the baby. I appreciate you. This is the Poet Life podcast. Watch him June thirtieth. That is well, in my time, Eastern Standard Time is the day is twelve thirty a.m. So uh, it today you go live today. I, I'm super excited. What time does it start? And 8 what... p.m. No matter what time zone you in. Oh, really? They do that now. Yep. 
Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, and what? I, I I don't really watch it like that. So what? What's it's on name? NBC. So channel three. If you got Hulu, it's on NBC. Um, so whatever NBC you got, that's it's gonna be on there. And awesome. then uh, if you end up missing it, then it'll be on YouTube the day on after. On their Facebook page, right? Yep. Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, the whole nine. It's gonna be everywhere. Love and, it. And uh, tell me, let's go. It's finally kicking in. Um, Love it. Nah. Thanks, man. I appreciate you. Go, go, go. Um, love on the family, man, and uh, get ready for today. I got you. It's the Polar uh, Light Podcast. Thank you all for checking us out. Got you. Introducing the Poet Life Podcast. Go check it out today on your favorite platforms, including iTunes, Apple Music, and the website, thepoetlife.com. Find a way, find a way. Ain't got no time now. 